0: I'd like to welcome viewers to our uh, continuing discussion and series on security clearance appeals relative to uh, military activity and civilian activity as a DOD contractor or a DOD employee. This is uh, episode seven, and it's entitled uh, Security Clearance Appeals and How to Win with a Written Response. A written response is required whenever you receive a statement of reasons, commonly referred to as an SOR, and the Edmonds Law Firm helps clients with written responses as well as attending the hearings before an administrative judge. Today, however, uh, we're in for a real treat. I'm going to share with you a successful case uh, hot off the press, so to speak. We just found out about a favorable decision from the government uh, and it was received uh, just a day or so ago. Um, My name is attorney Alan Edmonds. I'm an attorney that practices security clearance law and military law. And my law firm has been helping people globally uh, deployed to various uh, countries, serving their country in the United States military Or DOD contractors, both in the continental United States and deployed. We have over 45 years experience and uh, enjoy representing clients before the Department of Defense. We are all trial lawyers in this law firm, and uh, as such, we are passionate about representing our clients, and we enjoy going to court, and we enjoy presenting cases that we believe, uh, show that our clients are not a risk to national security. In earlier podcasts, I've discussed the regulations with you, the adjudicative guidelines, uh, commonly referred to in some instances as DOD Directive 5220.6, and how the government uh, is concerned about risk and trustworthiness and the integrity of applicants who seek a security clearance. You can reach us at 800-481-2526. And of course, we have a YouTube channel under Edmunds Law, and we post uh, podcasts for your review and your education on Spotify. And we're delighted to be able to offer this information to you Uh, We want you to be educated into the process. Uh, Having said that, though, I am not attempting to turn you into a lawyer. And um, as Abraham Lincoln would say, the person who represents himself has a fool for a lawyer. I can't possibly teach you uh, trial practice and how to argue cases and present evidence in a podcast. But I can educate you as to the dangers uh, that lurk in this process. It's a process that is not uh, skewed in your favor. This is a process that is uh, biased toward the federal government. And if there's a decision to be made and it's questionable based on the facts, the administrative judges will always decide in favor of the government. So our burden in the courtroom is formidable. But um, if any of you know me, I win a lot of cases. I probably try more cases nationally uh, than any other law firm that I know of. And uh, you can confirm that uh, independently if you want. Today's uh, situation, though, is kind of interesting. And I wanted to share it with you. I was excited about sharing it with you. I've already done a number of podcasts this week, and here I am doing another one uh, while this information is uh, fresh and of great interest. The question that we're going to deal with today is when you get the statement of reasons, what do you do? And uh, you have uh, three options. You can do nothing, and if you don't respond to the SOR in a timely fashion, your security clearance will be revoked or your security clearance will be denied if this is a first application. You can handle it yourself. Statistics will show, however, that people that uh, are pro se or appear before uh, the tribunals themselves don't do as well. As a matter of fact, they do a terrible job, and they come out of the courtroom absolutely shattered and humiliated. And the third thing you can do is you can uh, seek professional help, the Edmonds law firm stands ready. We're a national law firm with offices coast to coast, including, um, California, uh, Washington, DC, North Carolina, Florida, and Texas. But beyond that decision, there's another decision for you to make. And that decision is, do you do the written response to the SOR or do you omit that and go to a hearing? And, um, My response to that is you always want to do the written response to the SOR, but never ever waive your right to a hearing. So the case today involves a client that hired us. Uh, He had numerous allegations. Um, He he served his country in the military. He had children. He was uh, married and he had a Difficult time and a large problem with alcohol. So guideline G is alcohol consumption. And the government alleged in the statement of reasons that, quote, excessive alcohol consumption often leads to the exercise of questionable judgment. Or the failure to control impulses and can raise questions about an individual's reliability and trustworthiness. Throughout the adjudicative guidelines, you're always going to see these words, reliability and trustworthiness. It can embrace a variety of behaviors. And in this case, it's alcohol use. It could be drug abuse. It could be criminal activity. It could be inability to handle your finances. It creates a reliability issue or trustworthiness. In this case, uh, our client was uh, arrested for domestic uh, disorderly conduct. And of course, the disorderly conduct included uh, mistreatment of his uh, children. And he had been drinking excessively. He had a second offense a couple years later. He was charged with physical control while under the influence at a traffic light. And he was charged with reckless uh, driving. There was a third incident when he went to captain's mast. Uh, it was alcohol related and, um, he was, uh, being disorderly and, uh, created a noise problem and disorderly conduct. As if that's not enough, there's a fourth offense under guideline J criminal conduct. He was charged with domestic violence and, um, That was in a different state. He was charged again for domestic violence a year later. And all of these events were alcohol-related. And then in, uh, this is interesting, uh, this is a case that was generated in 2022. But the SOR goes back to 2007, so (coughs) several years before he received NJP non-judicial punishment, uh, being alleged by the government for Article One Hundred Nine, waste, spoilage, and destruction of non-military property, and Article One Thirty Four, which was adultery. So this was the case that came through the front door, and uh, it was a challenge to say the least. Um, we have a expert staff here of paralegals and attorneys, and we uh, have a formula on how to win these cases step one however as many of you know is to answer formally and in a timely manner the response to sor and we did that we did a response to the sor that was um, over 10 pages long and had at least 15 pages of exhibits and the exhibits were of course um uh, Incorporated into the content of our written response. And then uh, it was sent out to uh, the CAF at Fort Meade, the Consolidated Adjudication Facility of Fort Meade, which is no longer called the DOD CAF. And that's DOD uh, CAF. The DOD CAF was renamed the Defense Counterintelligence and Security Agency Consolidated Adjudication Services, uh, the acronym is DCSA CAS. So DCSA CAS received our response to this case. And um, they reviewed the response, I'm sure, and all the exhibits because we then received... A one page letter from them signed by the division chief. And the subject was favorable security determination after due process. And the first paragraph states the Department of Defense Consolidated Adjudication Facility has been renamed and will continue to deliver informed and timely adjudicative decisions. So this is a decision. Uh, at DCSA, located at Fort Meade. And it says um, they draw references to the statement of reasons. They also reference our response. And it says that um, although a favorable determination has been made, you are strongly cautioned that receipt of any derogatory information, especially of a nature similar to the mentioned in this case, will be cause for reconsideration. So there's uh, a little bit of thorniness in good news, but the good news won the day, which was our client was uh, granted his security clearance. The SOR statement of reasons was revoked. And, he did this based on a written response. Now, you should know something about this and the way the Edmonds law firm operates. We charge flat fees and our clients only pay for what is needed. A lot of law firms quote huge retainers, uh, dollars $15,000. And then when the retainers used up, they switch to an hourly rate or they ask for some more money. We don't do that. All of our clients know ahead of time the exact fee that we're going to charge for the service that they are engaging us for. And that was the case here. This gentleman did not pay for a formal security clearance hearing because it wasn't needed. And uh, we didn't eliminate the possibility of providing the government an opportunity to see some of our evidence and where it was going. Now, in all fairness, I'm going to pat myself on the back. The Department of Defense knows me. I've been doing these cases. I've tried over 3,000 cases, and they know me, and they know I love the courtroom. I don't win every case, but I sure do have a good time trying. And I respect the judiciary at DOHA, but I go in uh, with one purpose, and that is to try and win this case. It's a twofold exercise. One, I want to win the case. And number two, I want to protect my client. And you're going to say, holy smokes, what do you have to protect your client for? Well, the courtroom is a nasty place and uh, statements are made and certain opinions are given that you may not agree with, but uh, it doesn't make the litigant, in this case, the the client feel good to hear people mischaracterize his character, call him names, and um, belittle him. And you're going to say, "Well, that doesn't happen." And I hate to share with you, but it does happen. And that's my purpose. I'm there to protect my client and to protect his integrity and to make sure that the federal rules are followed concerning behavior in the courtroom. Now, that's not to say each and every case has got problems with behavior coming from the government attorney or the judge. That's not my assertion here, but I'm saying that there are instances when clients feel very degraded and humiliated. And as the attorney, it's my job to make sure that that doesn't happen. And I often tell my client in open court how proud I am to represent him and how proud I am of his service. And I understand more than anybody that you can make a mistake in your life, but that's not a condemnation of your entire life. And so it's important for you as a litigant to go into the courtroom with the best warriors you can, which is an experienced trial lawyer. And we are happy to do that for you. Uh, We also know the nuances of the courtroom. And I've been known to file objections and to cause cases to get remanded to the CAF at Fort Meade for reconsideration. Uh, And the judge will say, Mr. Edmonds, you know that uh, we're still going to go forward. And then the case goes back to the CAF. And in one case, I'm referring to the CAF reconsidered the evidence, looked at some things that they haven't considered before, and they dismissed uh, uh, a multitude, I think, nine out of 10 of the allegations. And we went to trial on one allegation instead of 10 and the judge was just amazed. The government attorney was shocked, but I mean you have to have the strength and the ability to ask for those things. And many lawyers don't, Um, they're too timid and they're uh, quite frankly, they're afraid of the courtroom. Um, that is not what you're going to experience with the Edmonds law firm. So we are there to aggressively represent you And uh, we can't guarantee results because it's beyond our control. No attorney should. But most every occasion when we leave the courtroom, my clients say, I am so grateful that you were present. So that's an important caveat for you. But this, getting back to this case here uh, and the necessity of a good written response, because with a good written response, you can win this case. It doesn't happen often, but this client will tell you attorney Edmund saved me thousands of dollars, but more importantly, he saved my career and he saved my job. And now I am able to provide for my wife and three daughters. And I finally got the message on alcohol use. Um, we sent this gentleman to one of our, uh, experts for an analysis and evaluation. And, uh, Again, that's an experienced law firm that has resources for our clients in particular cases to utilize those resources and pull in the experts. And it made the difference. So if you are faced with a statement of reasons, don't do it yourself, number one. Do not waive your right to a formal hearing and call us at 800 481 2526 and let us come alongside you and let's represent the very best case we can to the government. Thank you, and I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast.